Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. I pray that you guys are having a wonderful Monday. I wanted to start off by thanking you guys so much for all of you that tuned into Faith Fridays. If you guys don't know, every Friday at 8 a.m., I've been getting on IG Live and sharing a word. This past Friday, we talked about being paused by faith and how sometimes the circumstances and the trials and tribulations that happen to us in life, it caused us to move based on our circumstances. We begin to move at the speed of our problems instead of being paused by our faith and knowing when to just stop and let God do the heavy work. Stop and let God lead the way. Stop and let God take over that thing that's stressing you because he knew the solution before you even knew the problem. So this past Friday on Faith Friday on IG Live, we sowed a pause by faith seed, a seed that reassured us that when life gets hectic and when life gets chaotic and when life seems like it's moving too fast, we sowed a seed of faith and knowing that God give us the strength to be paused, give us the strength to rely on you and not ourselves. So if you tuned into Faith Friday, thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back on live this Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will also be on live on my Instagram page at the Christian Bay underscore on Wednesday night. I'll be on at 6 p.m. for an interview for the Boss Summit that I'm speaking at this September. And I will be on again at 8.30 for our Wednesday night Bible studies. So I cannot wait to see you guys on Wednesday night and Friday morning as well. Transparent moment. After I got off IG Live on Friday, a young lady did reach out to me and ask me, what's my information to sow the pause by faith seed? And my friend was like, Christian Bay, like you don't understand. It's important for you to make sure you give them that information because you could be robbing them of their blessing because we understand how important it is to sow, how important it is to tithe and give God his portion. Because when you give God his portion, that lets him know that you're not just having faith you're also having the works that's you keeping a fertile seed in the ground that's you showing God that you're actively pursuing him that God this is all I have and I'm trusting you to make it come back to me tenfold I'm trusting you to take this seed that I'm planting and give me back a harvest we know that you reap what you sow so it's important to continuously sow into whatever ministry whatever pastor is feeding you learn to practice sowing because that is how you make room for God to bless you That is how you make room for God to release the favor that he has stored up in heaven for you. I personally, I sow into the ministry that feeds me every week because I know how important it is. So when my friend said that to me on Friday, I was just like, yeah, you're right. So I'm letting you guys know I'm going to be more intentional with including that information so that you guys are able to begin practicing sowing and so that you really get to see how God moves when you do your part, you make room for him to do his part. So on Friday, we sowed the pause by faith seed. Today, we're going to sow a seed and it's going to be the defenseless favor seed. And if you would like to sow, my PayPal is polished144 at gmail.com. That's polished, P-O-L-I-S-H-E-D, 144 at gmail.com. Or you can cash at me, um, dollar sign, the Christian Bay. Let's get into the word. As you guys see by the title, today's episode is titled Called to be Cursed. And I really love this title because I felt like I can relate to it and anybody that 
is called by God and chosen by God, which is all of the Christian babies, of course. I feel like we can relate to this title because when we figure out that God has called us for a greater purpose and we begin to walk in that purpose, or even when we first realize what that purpose is, we experience trials and tribulations. And sometimes it feels like, God, you just called me to be cursed. You just caused me, called me to go through this storm. You called me to deal with these problems that come with this purpose. Why would you call me to be cursed? Why would you call me to go through the problems that I'm going through now? I listen to you. I pray to you. I'm submitting myself to you, yet I'm facing all of these issues. Why did you call me to be cursed? So when I wrote down this title and when God gave me this word, it really resonated with me and it really encouraged me and I pray that it does the same for you. So today we're not coming out of the book of Luke, okay? Because I know y'all thought I was going to say Luke. Heck, I thought I was going to be reading Luke. (laughs) But today we're coming out of the book of Numbers and we're coming from Numbers chapter 22. And the chapters that I read were chapters 22 through 24. And this story that I'm about to tell you guys about is actually a story that not a lot of people talk about. I've never heard a sermon on it. And I've I've watched a lot of sermons, y'all. I've never heard a pastor preach about it. This is my first time reading this story. And I want you guys to go read Numbers chapter 22 through 24. And when you read it, DM me and tell me the part that stood out to you the most. Because I'm telling y'all, like, this, once you listen to this podcast, and then you go read it and you read it with the understanding of the revelation that God gave me, it's really going to speak to you. It's going to speak to your spirit and it's going to encourage you no matter what you're going through because I feel like this word can resonate with anybody. So go read Numbers chapter 22 through 24. But for today, we're just going to focus on Numbers chapter 22 verses 1 through 20. So I'm not going to read all 20 verses. I'm just going to give you guys a Bay translation summary and let you know what's going on in this chapter, Numbers chapter 22. So in this chapter, it's talking about the Israelites who God rescued from Egypt. And now they've arrived at Jordan River, which is across from Jericho. And there's some people there, some Moabites there who don't like the Israelites. So they see that they're there and they begin to try to plot against the Israelites and try to get them to be cursed. Right? So when we begin chapter 22, verse 3 is the first verse that stood out to me. And it says that when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. And that stood out to me the most because the Israelites hadn't even done anything. They had just simply arrived to Jericho. They had simply arrived to the Jordan River. They just were there. It doesn't say the Israelites said anything to to the Moabites. It didn't say that they did anything. It didn't say that they were on their property. It just simply says that they were there. And if you read the chapter before chapter 22, it talks about how the Israelites had just finished one battle. So if you just finished one battle, I'm just happy to be here. I just got the, they got the victory over Sinhan and OG. So they just defeated somebody. And now they've they've arrived to the Jordan River and now the Moabites see them there and they hating. Like I haven't even had time to really flex on you yet because I'm still tired from my last battle and you already plotting on how you trying to take me out and I haven't even done anything yet. So what stood out to me was verse three when it says that when the Moabites saw them, they were terrified. And that stood out to me because when it becomes to the Christian base, your enemies know the energy that you carry. 
Because that's why the Moabites were really upset with the Israelites. The Israelites didn't have to say anything. They didn't have to do anything. It was simply them seeing their presence that irritated them. They were terrified by their presence because your enemies see the beast within you. That's why they treat you like they do. They understand the power and the favor that God has over your life. So you have to understand that there will be some people who mistreat you and who wish bad on you simply because of your presence. You don't even have to say anything. You don't even have to do anything. They can tell that you're called. They know that you've been called to this place. The Israelites were called there. God was rescuing them from Egypt. It wasn't even their plan. God led them there. And with God leading them there, they got people trying to curse them. So they were called to be cursed. But as we continue to read, the next verse makes it all make sense. You grabbed your journal, right? Because I need you to write this down. I need you to remember this. The next verse, which is verse four, says this. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, this mob will devour everything in sight like an ox devours grass in the field. And though he might have meant it in a negative way, all that said to me was that he understood the power that the Israelites had. Because your enemies know the power that you have. Your enemies know your strength. Your enemies know what you're capable of. And that, that's where the animosity comes from. That's where their energy comes from because they're threatened by your presence alone. They're threatened by the power that God has placed within you. They see the light even when you don't see the light. So it says that they were terrified by just seeing the Israelites there because he said they can devour everything in sight because you recognize a beast when you see one. I don't even have to say what I can do. I don't even have to say what I'm capable of because my presence can speak for me before my mouth ever has to. So when you continue to read, it says that Balak, the king of Moab, he sent messengers to call on a man called Balaam. And when he sent the message to this man, this man was a man of authority. This man was somebody who he viewed as more powerful than him. And you can tell that he viewed this man as more powerful because what he said to this man, it says that the message that Balak sent to Balaam, which was the man, he said, look, a vast horde of people have arrived from Egypt. They covered the face of the earth and they are threatening me. What? Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. He sent a message to a man and said, a horde of people have arrived from Egypt. They covered the face of the earth and are threatening me. If you're taking notes, what I want you to write down is when you're called, your enemy is going to have to call for help. That's what the king did. He was the king and he saw the Israelites and began to call for help. Sort of like what Satan does with us. Sort of like what the enemy does to Christian base because you know he can't handle you on your own because he knows you will devour things right so he'll call in your family and now you got family arguments coming out of nowhere you and your siblings not seeing not seeing eye to eye is arguments that's just flowing up out of no reason and all you've been doing is praying more all you've been doing is fasting more all you've been doing is asking God God show me my purpose God make your presence known in my life and with you seeking God more now you see that you having issues with your family not only that, now, no, 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 it's not your family, but now you just experienced the breakup. Wait, why is my relationship ending? All I'm doing is seeking God more. Not only that, now 
your friends are starting to act different. Wait, we was best friends since middle school. What's the problem? Sis, I've been in the house praying. How you got an issue with me? No, not just that. You go to the doctor and it's an issue with your health. How? How, God? I've been seeking you. I've been on my face praying. Why is the doctor saying what he's saying? Am I not doing something right? What's the issue? Not only that, now that you're praying more, now that you're seeking God more, now you're having depressive th de depressing thoughts. Now doubt is trying to creep in into your mind and tell you that God doesn't hear you. Now doubt is trying to tell you that you're not good enough. Now doubt is trying to tell you that you don't look good enough to get the husband that God told you he's going to send you. Now insecurities are starting to flare up and you're comparing yourself with other people. How God, all I've been doing is seeking your face because the minute that you realize that you're called, the minute that God shows you that you're called, the enemy has to call in for help. So I want you to understand that the help does not just, it's not just some lightweight help that's coming in because like he said, they will devour me. I understand the strength that's on those called people. So I'm going to have to pull out the big guns. I'm going to have to call out the heavyweights. I'm going to have to hit her in a way that affects her. Let me shake up her relationship with her mom and let me cause her to lose her best friend. And let me cause her to lose that job that she thought she needed because I need a call for help because she's called. So not only did Balak call for help, he also told the help that they are threatening me and the Israelites had not done anything to him. They had not said anything to him because that's what happens when you're called. There will be people who say, you know, I don't really like how you moving. It's like, well, girl, how am I moving? I go to church and I come home. Like, what do you mean? And I don't really like the tone of your voice. And I don't really understand why you speaking to me like this because I just been praying. I just been in my room. I'm just trying to live the life that God is calling me to live. But you're saying that you see something different you're saying that i'm moving funny you're saying that you don't like the way that i'm acting but how am i acting H how what am i actually doing i'm not even doing anything it's just my presence that's bothering you it's my presence that's threatening you so god allowed verse 5 to stand out to me because what god wants you christian Bay, to understand is that your presence alone is a threat to some people to some rooms to some environments anything outside the will of god will be threatened by your presence It'll be threatened by your purpose. It'll be threatened by the power that God has within you. So you don't have to do anything. Yeah, they calling you out and yeah, they trying to nitpick and find reasons to be mad at you, find reasons to cut you off, find reasons to argue with you, but it's not nothing that you've done. It's your presence. It's not because you've caused this to happen. It's because you're called. You want proof? Verse six. Verse six says, please come. And curse these people for me because they are too powerful for me. Now we get to the real issues. Not because not you have to peep. Nowhere in this story have I said anything that the Israelites did or said, y'all. They didn't do anything. You, you reaching out. You calling out for help. Trying to bring in what you think is considered the big guns to curse them. And they haven't even done anything. But then verse 6 makes it all make sense. He said, please come and curse them because they are too powerful for me. Because you are too powerful. So I need you. And I don't know why I keep saying this. I don't know who this is for. But I need you to understand that it's not what you've done. It's who you are. 
You are called. So there are some friendships that must end because they cannot go with you. And they will make it seem like you're the issue. They will make it seem like you threatened them in some way. They will make it seem like you've hurt them in some way. But it's not because you've threatened them. It's not because you hurt them. It's because you are called. It's because you are too powerful. Our presence cannot stay in the same room. We can't be in the same environments. I can't have the conversations that I used to have with you because I am called. I now know better so I must do better and it's aggravating you it's terrifying you because you can't even recognize the person you once thought you were on the same level as because now you see clear as daylight that I'm called and you understand the power that's within me so to make yourself feel better you're going to not only call in for help you're going to make it seem like I'm the issue when really is that you know that I am too powerful for you as you continue to read, the king, remember, he is the king of Moab. The king says, they are too powerful for me. That's a word in itself. You are a king. You are a man of authority. And you worried about some little old Israelites? Why are you not sitting on your throne? Where is your palace, sir? You're worried about little old me. I'm just doing what God told me to do. I'm trying to be, it's enough for me just to try to be obedient. And you over there trying to plot against me. I'm not even focused on you. I'm not even worried about you. I'm trying to stay focused on what God is telling me to do and you bothered. You're terrified. You're threatened just by me being. So he says, the king says, they are too powerful for me. Come and curse them. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them because you knew you couldn't beat me. You, I didn't even have to say it. You know you can't beat me. All right, y'all. Let me get back to that. I'm sorry. That, that's me. They don't say that. That's me. Okay. <laughs> it says they are too powerful for me. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. <laughs> Sir, I was caught here. Okay. Drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on people you curse. So now I know who, why you called in who you called in because you know that he has favor. You trying to go to somebody with more power and more anointing to you to use them against me. But baby, who gave them the favor that they got? Who gave them the, the anointing that they got? If he can curse and bless people, who that come from? Oh, okay, let's continue. The next verse says, Balak, which is the king, messengers who were elders of Moab and Midian, they set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon Israel. So they were going to pay the man to curse Israel. Y'all finna give him money to curse us. I ain't did nothing to you. I ain't said nothing to you, but you about to pay for me to be cursed. And what God wanted me to, because this is for the called people. If you're not called, this, this episode probably not going to speak to you because you can't really understand what I'm coming from. But if you called, you know I'm talking to you. Because what God wants me to say to you guys is that there are people who will pay money to see you lose. Not only will they pay money, they'll pay attention to everything you do just to see if you're losing. Because it started off talking about how the king was watching the Israelites come in. You've been watching me. I wasn't watching you. I'm trying to be obedient. If, you, if you're called, you already know that it's a full-time job trying to follow the steps that God has ordered for you. Trying to walk by faith and not by sight. Trying to put your flesh to death and walk in the spirit. That is a full-time job. I only got enough energy to do that. Not to watch you and what you got going on. 
But not only did they pay money for them to be cursed, they paid attention and watched everything that they were doing. And ultimately, they paid in time because they spent all of this time and energy watching them when they could have been prospering in their own lane. Because you're worried about the land that I'm on, why you not doing king-like things? You spending time, you spending money, you spending energy, all because of my presence. All because you watching my lane. I was out earlier, y'all, and I was walking to the car to get, I had got some food. So I was walking to the car to get in the car, and there was this lady, and she was looking for a park. And when I was walking to the car, I knew I was about to sit in the car and eat my food. So I'm like, it's a park right there across from where I'm parked at. And the lady was just sitting there looking at me. And I'm like pointing at the park that's right across from me. And she's sitting there looking at me. And when I was getting in the car, I was like, you're so busy watching my lane that you're missing yours. And I said, oh, it's a word. Because that's what happens, not just in this story, but that happens in business, that happens in purpose, that happens in relationships. You're so busy watching this other person walk to their car, flourish in their calling, prosper in their business that you don't even see. It's an open lane waiting on you. The time she spent watching me, she could have been in her parking spot and inside the restaurant. But because you're watching me, what you need to get to is delayed. So I don't know who that word is for. It's completely off topic. I don't know why God wanted me to share it. But whoever is watching somebody else portion, stop watching theirs so that you can get to your prize. You got to take your eyes off of somebody else's because you wasting time. You delaying the promise. Focus on your lane. Focus on your parking spot. It's enough room for both of us to park and eat. Everybody eats, B. It's enough for both of us, but you got to focus on yours. So take your eyes off of their portion and you'll quickly get to your prize. So as we continue to read, it says that Balak's messengers went to pay Balaam to curse Israel. But then as we continue, it says in verse eight, stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning, I will tell you whatever the Lord directs me to say. Because what they didn't know was that Balaam was a man of God. So I understand that you claim that these people are threatening you. I understand that you say they're bad people. I understand that you say she don't really practice what she preached. I understand that you say she don't really live how she posts. I understand all the negative stuff you're trying to say about her, but I'm a woman of God. So whatever seeds you're trying to plant, I'm going to test them and take them to God. And I'm going to see what God has to say. So Balaam let them know that I understand that you're here with money. And I understand that you know that I have power to curse these people, but I'm going to be a good steward of the power that God has given me and I'm going to seek God first before I make any decisions before I speak any word over anybody I'm going to see what God has to say about it because they didn't know that he was a man of God but that's common when it comes to these type of situations because our enemies never know that God will use the thing that they're trying to use against us for our good because you thought it was funny when I lost my job. You didn't know God was pushing me into my billion dollar business. You thought it was funny when he broke up with me, but you didn't know I would meet my husband a week later. You thought it was funny when y'all didn't invite me to the concert, but you didn't know my man would get me to get backstage passes. <laughs> oh, because I thought somebody from the nosebleed section had something to say. 
Oh, because I thought Balak said something about being cursed. I thought Balak thought that he was going to pay his way to curse the Israelites, not knowing that Balaam was a man of God. So I understand that you don't send your messengers here with your money and with your word, but I see God first. So as we continue to read, the next verse that slid out to me was verse 12. So after Balaam has prayed and he's asking God, what does God think about the situation? Verse 12 says, God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to curse these people for they have been blessed. So Balaam's like, all right, bet, say less. Verse 13 says, the next morning Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, go on home. The Lord would not let me go with you. And that's the end of the story. That's pretty much it. Like God said, I can't go with y'all. So he li it literally says, he said, go on home. Like go home, Roger. Like go on, go on back where you came from because I went to God and God told me I can't. And he didn't explain this to them. He just let them know that God said, I cannot go with you. I don't even have to give you the details. I don't have to let you know why I'm making a decision that I'm making. God gave me a word. And with that word that God gave me, I think it's time for you to go now. I think it's time for you to go back home where you came from. And that's a word within itself because sometimes some of us give the enemy or give people who have opinions that go against the word of God, we give them too many details. Oh, well, I can't come with y'all because God said that I can't curse them because they're blessed. I can't come with y'all because I really would like to go, but I think I'm finna sit home and do this devotional. I can't come with y'all because I got church in the morning. And when you say that, they gonna say, girl, just set an alarm. You can come. Girl, you can miss church one day. Girl, you could just stream it online. See, when you give to many details that gives the enemy room to try to manipulate what you say so sometimes you have to just keep it short and sleep i'm gonna need you to go on home because god told me i can't come with y'all you don't need to know every detail of me and god's conversation i don't have to give you everything that he has given me i just have to set the tone for what's about to happen right now so i'm gonna need you to go on home because god told me i can't come with y'all as we continue to read it lets us know in verse 15 that the enemies tried again. So Balak was not content. He was not satisfied with the fact that Balaam told him he wouldn't come. So verse 14 says, the officials told the king, Balaam refused to come with us. Then verse 15 says, then Balak tried again. This time he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time. Oh, because that attack wasn't big enough. Oh, because that what you tried last time, it didn't work. So now you're trying to attack me with more power. Now you're trying to attack me with a more distinguished official attack. Oh, because losing my job wasn't enough. So now you're going to make my car break down. Oh, because losing a, losing a boyfriend, that didn't really break you like I thought it was. That didn't really knock you off your spiritual high like I thought it would. So let me make you and your mom get in an argument. Maybe that'll knock you out. Let me try to stop you in another way. I remember when I first started planning my events for my ministry, y'all, every event I had, me and my mom would get in an argument. Everyone. And it will be the day of the event. Now, if, you, if you've ever planned an event... 
it is very stressful the day of. You have to make sure that all of the decorations are set up and usually there's something going on with the vendor and then you also have to make sure that the food is ready and you don't want the food to be cold when they get there for the food. So it's like making sure that you get the food picked up and prepared at the right time so that it could be still warm and fresh when they get it. And you also want to make sure that the pictures are being taken because you need to show pictures for your next event and you also want to make sure that you're cute. So I have to do my hair, I have to do my makeup, I have to get dressed, but I also have to make sure that everything else for this event is set in place and I have to be on time. And then the day of the event is the day that people like to tell you they can't make it. So now so many people texting you like, am I even having an event? Like what, what's going on here, God? You called me to this ministry. You told me to have an event. Now it seems like on the day of everything is going wrong. But not only that, the enemy is like, but you're still trying to push through and have this event. You still trying to push through and give these people the word of God. Let me throw in a little razzle dazzle, a little sprinkle on top, a little salt bay to really tip you over the edge to try to stop you from bringing God's vision to pass. So let me cause you and your mom to get in an argument. I remember when I had my first event, I had a polished pillow party and it was a girls night at a hotel and I was still in going to school in Virginia. So my car was in Virginia and me and my mom got in an argument and she was like, well, then don't use my car. Girl, how am I supposed to get to my event? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, what? And of course, my best friend came and saved the day. I had to move all of the stuff out of my mom's car to my best friend's car because my car was in Virginia. So I have to move all of this stuff. People texting me, where do I park? And I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm still not even there yet. I haven't even finished setting up. And it just seemed like it was a lot because when the enemy knows that you're called, when he knows that you're doing something that God is calling you to do, when you are a vessel, when you are chosen, he sends one attack. And if that attack does not work when you tell that when you tell that attack go on home now because you i know you're trying to stop me but god told me i can't feed into this god told me i can't bow down to this god told me i have to push through for this vision the enemy says let me get some more distinguished officials as christian bays i want you guys to begin to train yourself to be able to identify the attacks of the enemy because when you are called the enemy will try to send things and send attacks your way and they'll seem like they keep getting stronger because he's going to try to keep coming back to stop you from walking according to the steps that God has ordered for you because the enemy sees the bigger picture. He knows that you're heading towards something greater so he's trying to stop you from getting there because what the enemy knew that I didn't know is that my mom would find her relationship with Christ through my events. My mom has not missed an event and because of her being at my events, my mom prays more. My mom talks about God way more than she ever did before I started my ministry, before I started my events. So from my perspective, I just had a ministry and I was just having events for the girls that were coming there. And God knew all along that I know you, I know he's causing you and your mom to argue. And I know you feel like it's best that she doesn't come. But in the end, you will see that it's important for her to be there because you're reaching her as well. She's a part of the flock that I'm calling you to reach 
reach as well. You're getting her closer to God as well. It's not just about the girls that are coming to your event. This girl, my daughter, your mother, she's supposed to be there as well. She's one of the girls that I've called you to. You're going to teach her how to pray. You're going to teach her how to hear from me. And the enemy knows that. He sees that that's what's about to happen. So he's sending an attack because he understands that you've called. And I've called you to this place with her. This place that seems like it's, a, it's turmoil, turmoil. This place that seems like it's aggravating. This place that seems like I'm sick of dealing with this. This place that seems like it's cursed. This is the place that I've called you to because she's one of my chosen ones as well. So the enemy is going to attack it because he knows that you're called. So as we continue to read and we close up this verse, we're almost to verse 20. It says that Balak sent a message to Balaam and said, please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I will pay you very well and do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. Verse 18 says, Balaam responded to Balak's messengers and he said, even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord, my God. But stay here one more night and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. Verse 20 says, that night God came to Balaam and told him, since these men have come for you, Get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. So as you continue to read all the way to the end of chapter 24, like I suggested for you guys to do, what happens is Balaam goes with Balak's officials like God told him and God said, do only what I tell you to do. And when Balaam got there, God told him, now bless them, bless Israel in front of the man that wanted them cursed so bad because what God wanted me to share with you guys is the same thing that the enemy tried to curse you with he's going to bless you the same mouth that the enemy tried to use against you he's going to bless you with the same guy the same person that the enemy tried to use to curse you he's going to bless you with the same relationship the same job the same school that the enemy tried to use to curse you God is going to use to bless you in front of the enemy. God said, Balaam, go with Balak. Yeah, he came back for you again. Okay, get up and go with him. But when you go with him, do only what I say do because he needs to see this in, per in person. Yes, you're called and it seems like you're called to be cursed. But what I want you to understand is that this cursing is going to reveal the covering that I have over your life. So get up and go with Balak's officials because when you get there, the same thing he tried to use for their bad I'm going to turn it around and use it for their good. And I wanted you guys to hear this word. And I wanted you guys to understand that with you being called, you don't have to cover yourself. God is going to cover you. So that cursing that it feels like it's over your life, that trial that feels like it's taking you down, this thing that you keep experiencing and God, if I'm called by you, if you're going to use me, why do it seem like I'm cursed in this area? And God is saying that area that you seem like is cursed, I'm going to use that area to reveal the covering that I have over your life. I've called you to this place. I've called you to this land. Even though it seems like you're cursed, it's just revealing my covering. So today we're going to sow a seed, a defenseless favor seed, because throughout this whole story, not once did the Israelites 
say anything. Not once did they have to defend themselves. Not once did they have to prove that they were called. Not once did they have to prove that they were chosen. Not once did they have to stand up and say, I am covered by God. They did not have to open their mouth because their father moved on their behalf. Their father not only moved on their behalf, he caused things and people to move on their behalf and they they remain defenseless because I am a child of God. It's certain stuff I don't have to address. I don't have to respond to that because I am covered and I don't have to say it in order for you to see it because my father goes before me. So today we're going to sow a seed of defenseless favor. And if you struggle with defending yourself, if you struggle with understanding that you can be caught and in certain situations it seems like you're cursed, but God is just revealing your covering. If you struggle with that, or if you're in a season where you need God to defend you and move on your behalf, if you're in a season where you want to see the covering that God has over your life, if you're in a season where you see the covering and you want to know that in and you want to thank God for his covering, not only thank God for his covering, but let him know that you trust him to continue to cover you, to continue to cover your health, to continue to cover your finances, to continue to cover your relationship and your marriage, to continue to cover your family, to continue to cover your business, to continue to cover your ministry. And you're sowing a seed today. This is the seed that will let God know, Father God, I see you. Not only do I see you, but I trust you. And I trust that I don't have to defend myself in situations that arise. I don't have to defend myself when people are calling me to be cursed but because I, I trust your covering. And I trust that when I sow seeds of faith, I reap harvest of fulfillment. I reap harvest of purpose. I reap harvest that I don't even have to speak and explain to people. They'll just see it by your hand being over my life. So if you would like to sow a defenseless favor seed, you can sow it by sending it to my PayPal, which is polished, P-O-L-I-S-H-E-D, 144 at gmail.com or my cash app, which is dollar sign, the Christian Bay. And make sure you put defenseless favor seed so that I know to pray over the seed and to pray over your name and to pray that God shows you and reveals to you the covering that you have over your life that you don't have to defend, that you don't have to explain. That is just being just there. Just your presence will reveal his hand and his covering in all situations. Let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, I want to thank you for blessing us with another day. I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to tap into your presence, God, giving me the opportunity to show and share this word that you've placed into my heart, Father God. I pray that this word deposits seeds of faith in each and every person that listens to this podcast. I pray that you send this word to who you want it to reach, Father God. Allow it to deposit seeds of hope in their ears, Father God. Remind them that you go ahead of them, Father God, that you go ahead of us and you make cricket pass straight, Father God, that you make the bad things work together for our good, that your word cannot return to you void, Father God, and your word says all things work together for the good according to those who are called for your purpose, Father God. So I pray that each person listening to this podcast, I pray that they hear purpose. I pray that they hear prosperity by the words of my mouth, Father God. I pray that they hear your promise. I pray that they feel your presence and they know that you will always provide because you are just a good father and that is who you are. You are good yesterday, today, and tomorrow, Father 
Father God. So I pray that this word is reassurance that even in seasons where it feels like we're being cursed, even in seasons where it feels like our back is against the wall, even in seasons where it feels like we're out of place and maybe I shouldn't be in this land. God, are you sure you called me here? Because it seems like I'm cursed. Even in those seasons, we're still under your covering, Father God. I thank you for this word. I thank you for allowing me to speak on your podcast, Father God. This is your platform, Father God. And I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for each and every person listening to this podcast. And I pray that after they listen to this, Father God, they step into a deeper level of faith. They step into a deeper level of boldness. They step into a deeper level of power. And they understand the authority that comes with their presence, Father God. We love you and we will forever praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Christian Bay Podcast. I love you guys. I will be on Instagram live on Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time for a Bible study. Please come join me. That's fireworks, y'all. There ain't no gunshots. <laughs> Please come join me and also come back and join me on Friday morning for Faith Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern time at the Christian Bay underscore. Love you guys. Talk to you guys next Monday. Bye.